Damn, where the hell is Shane, man? Hey, everyone. Oh, Peter. Hey, sorry I'm late. It's a jungle out there. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these crams. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Bassett Bros Podcast. I'm Shane Hernandez, your host, and I'm joined with Matthew Nguyen. How are you, Matt? It's been good. It's been a while, but it's good to catch up again, good to be back, you know. Yeah, lots changed in the amount of time since we last did, a, did an episode, I think. Uh, um, but any anything uh, going on with you in particular? Uh, besides the big things that happen to everybody in life, you know, college, besides the fun and busier, uh, to you and me both, it's been hard to get together to do stuff like this. All together, uh, life's been okay. Life's been good. Yeah. How much you shape? Well, <laughs> I, I had a job at Disneyland for about a two months, I think, month and a half, two months. I, I don't. Time flew by. Um, but you know, the crazy thing was that in the middle of my training, I got accepted to Loyola Marymount University. Uh, so, um. I didn't have housing for the first couple of weeks and I was still trying to balance out a job and everything. Um, and it was, it was very difficult. Um, and that's why I had to leave my job, unfortunately, to, you know, make sure I was able to balance out school. Um, and, it, but still, you know, it, it was a blast, uh, in the beginning and, um, it, it's been fun. Uh, it's just been, I would say it's just been a really challenging adjustment because now I, I live, um, and spend most of my time on campus and in LA. Uh, it's just a very different environment, especially after, you know, being locked inside for a year and a half to almost two years, you know? Um, so I'm managing. It's uh, been, been challenged. It's had its challenges, but I've had a lot of people to help me along the way. So. Yeah, something will be adjusted period. You know, just like being in a different environment. Just, uh... Yeah lots of new people um, and a lot of, a lot of anxiety, I would say, you know, like I actually would say when, when we were in high school, you know, when we did uh Baron broadcast news together. Um, I, I was able to, I, Oh my Lord, excuse me. That if anyone heard that, um, it, it, it was just a matter of uh, I, I, I had dealt with a lot of anxiety in high school, uh, yeah. but I kind of overcame it. But now, a lot of that anxiety is like come back to haunt me in like a, a really bad way, you know, with being in person now. So, um, so it's had its, it's had its challenges, but uh, yeah, if, uh, I'm just glad though, at least that I, I'm at a good school uh, and I'm, I'm with people, you know, who are like cool to hang out with. Um, I have awesome roommates. Oh, people don't know this, but my roommate's name is Shane. So that is, uh, yeah, the coincidence of all coincidences. Yeah, that was the most bizarre one. Um, but my sweet mate uh, is actually from uh, Orange County. Um, oh, that's cool. What yeah, is- he's from uh, Costa Mesa, so he's a he's a really cool guy. He was actually in uh, the first short film that I did uh, this semester. The guy who uh, plays the guitar. Guitar. Yeah, and uh, his roommate, uh, my other sweet mate, he's actually a foreign exchange student from uh, Japan. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so a very mixed uh, group of people, I would say, but uh, but in a good way, you know. Like we all get along really well, so yeah. I think that's awesome. I've actually been uh, taking a Japanese course here over uh, college back home, so maybe I can practice with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you you mentioned you were making short films, right? So I know you know you you're at Lower Mountain as, as a film student, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as expected, you're probably making short videos. Uh, you showed me some pretty cool short videos that I guess we want to talk about and uh, we can discuss here. Uh, do you want to intro the first one? Yeah, sure. So um, the first one, uh, that one was was pretty challenging. I, I, I worked on it within like less than two weeks. I would, it's a shorter production cycle than I've ever worked on. And it, it was only me as the, the crew member. I was mm-hmm. the only crew member. And the parameters were uh, that it was... Uh, a character getting from point A to point C uh, by the end of the video, 
uh, and you can only film within the parameters of your dorm room or your home and with the people you live with. So uh, I worked with my sweet mate Grant um, and he's very talented musician. Um, he played, he's played in a couple different bands uh, and he, he's, he's just a very talented guy. And I thought, you know, a lot of people were going to do like, uh, you know, like dealing with their other roommates, you know, but I also thought like, he's got a talent. So let's do something, you know, uh, with his skill set. And uh, in turn, we, we made that uh, short film. Um, I think it turned out pretty good considering that I, I myself am, am kind of tone deaf, you know, uh, like yeah. I don't edit these podcast episodes particularly well in terms of audio. Uh, so I, I was very proud of like how we were able to accomplish a lot of the, you know, just a lot of that editing, uh, that was involved with it. Um, and he, he, he was great, you know, in terms of like the sound mixing and everything, uh, that, that wasn't me. That was, that was him. Like he, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, yeah. He was, the, uh... yeah, he was the guy he like, we really just grabbed objects within our room and within like two or three days. I was like, shoot, it's due tomorrow. You know, we were like, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Uh. But uh, I mean, it's rushed, but also that's why it's rushed is that you learned, you know, from your surroundings and, you know, like uh, the permit processes, because uh, you have to fill permits out in order to be able to film, even within your dorm room, you have to film permits. So uh, it, it was a cool short film. It's called The Audition because it's about a character trying to practice for an audition. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very... Very fun, very stressful though, because uh, I think I I felt that pressure of like, uh, oh shit, this is the first thing you're doing here, you know, yeah. this has got to be good. And I set like a, a expectation for myself, you yeah. know. Yeah, as your first project, kind of like sets the bar for both like you uh, and like where you're, where you're gonna be standing for in terms of like the you know your status that those students come out. It's like your debut project so like for many like their debut movie is like your debut project for everybody in your class and everything yeah so it's like, if you come with them was like oh you know this guy is he's the guy so you got like group projects like i, I need that guy all right so you know what I mean? yeah so like that. kind of yeah I, I it's not i really don't think they're looking back on it it's like yeah there really isn't that much pressure just want to a tone, yeah it's a lot of learning you know like and, and everybody else was learning in that class too but it is one of those things where it's like it's just my own personal expectations of myself, you know, because it, you know, with COVID and everything and fatigue, you know, it, sometimes it's like this podcast, there isn't a lot of editing to it. So with that, it was like, oh my God, you know, there's a lot of editing and uh, there was a lot of reshooting because the song, the little piece that he plays in it, we had made it too complex that he had built, that we, I'd recorded him doing different songs, but none of them match. So the, the trouble with editing, the, the real uh, trouble with editing was laying over audio and mixing audio together in a way that I had never done. Um, so it was, it was really stressful, I would say, because of that, uh, because I was like, oh, I should have had him stick to one song and I didn't, you know, cause I, you know, I'm trying, I was, get, I was stepping with outside of my boundaries though, which was yeah. good. I was learning new things, but I would definitely say I, I definitely challenge myself too much <laughs> uh so you overextended a bit by kids yeah that's what you kind of want to do right though like step outside your comfort zone really like push your boundaries so you know if you go too far next time you know like now you know where you go now you know your mistakes so now you grow as an actual like a producer you know what i mean and no, then, you know these are like projects and you great for them but like in the end of the day they're really inconsequential no for like, sure uh, inconsequential yeah. in the big picture so yeah yeah that's what i was thinking too so no matter what i mean i got a great grade on it i got an a i got yeah. an a on it so i was like okay you know that's good uh so i appreciated that uh the second short i did uh, uh the prompt was just making an abstract short film on a significant moment in your life um so i decided to uh focus on one of the big struggles in my life which was dealing with a learning disability since third grade and how comic books helped me overcome that um, so that is actually the short film that features Nitrous, one of the characters that I created growing up, uh, in, you know, the comic books that I'd worked on. Um, that one was probably even more intense than the last one, mostly because there were a lot of effects in that one that you saw, uh, a lot of panel editing, because it's shot 
there's a sequence in it that shot just like a comic book. Yeah. Uh, but I, I shot it in the beginning in the uh, to be very uh, Wes Anderson, I guess you could say. Uh, that's why I tell people with that because the aspect ratio is yeah, uh, is very boxy and it's very symmetrical on all the shots. It kind of knows it's like every single shot, especially mm-hmm. the, the opening one when you track out. First, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I got Scorsese vibes because from the one track. Yeah, but then uh, but with this like the parallels and symmetry, I was like, oh, it was almost Anderson with like bright colors and everything. Yeah, like, no, for sure. So that, so I would say it was more like Wes Anderson esque, you know. Like there are other things borrowed from it, but that was what I was going for in terms of like because it's it's experimental, it's abstract, you know. Like yeah. not not everything is exactly supposed to be like one hundred percent perfect or follow the rules of cinema. Um, so so I felt it. We did a good job with that um it was late so unfortunately that was the one you know i was like i'm gonna take the l on this because i was like i'm not gonna turn in that that half-assed especially because it was a personal struggle you know like uh that it was one of those things where i was like unless it's good you know i'd rather it not be published uh so i'm glad i'm glad it turned out good kelly the girl i think I hope one day to return to like a nitrous project or something or like a, a nitrous short specifically yeah. on that character. Cause I learned how to do speed effects. Uh, and, and if that comic book ever finally sees the light of day, uh, I, I really think it would be a cool way to promote that with her. Uh, Cause she looks like the character. Like that, that I, I was oh, really yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was really blown away by how much you look at the character mm-hmm. in that comic and how much you look at um, her. And she mm-hmm. was like, she, was, she even picked it up and she was like, this looks like me. Like, uh, so I, I thought that was cool. And she had a, an enthusiasm for it in a way that I, uh, I never would have, you know, thought yeah. I would find anyone to do that. Uh, was she like yeah. a classmate or was she a friend or? We met yeah, we, we met during uh, orientation week, uh, and she's a commuter student mm-hmm. as well, so we kind of had that struggle in the beginning. Unfortunately, she's still commuting, uh, so that that's a real struggle for for her, uh, but she's getting by. She's a real champ, and, and she's a terrific actress. Uh, anyone ever wants to cast her, Kelly Boosley is her full name. Um, get in touch with me. I'll hook you up with her uh, <laughs> if you ever need her for a project. Uh, I guess I'm her manager now. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, no, she's she's eight super. Whatever she is. Yeah, yeah. I get eight percent of whatever uh, new project uh, in her contract. Um, but uh, she's she was uh, just a, a friend that I I had met uh, through uh, mutuals and you know um, I had kept in touch with her through Instagram uh, and when the project came about, I was looking through people. I actually wasn't originally going to cast her. Uh, not that I didn't think of her, but it was more so that Nitrous is like a 16 year old character. Um, so I was thinking let's film with kids. Yeah. But uh, the problem is, is that with COVID you cannot film with kids, uh, you know, very easily. And on top of that, you need adults to monitor said kids like uh, yeah. uh so there's a lot that goes into filming with people under the age of 18 which i get it's, it's very yeah. important but it was one of those things where i was like i gotta sacrifice that little bit you know it's okay people like like out age like, or like cast like way above it all the time like, yeah tom holland day. tom holland's 24 yeah, now he, he's playing a high 20. schooler <laughs> so uh so yeah, yeah. I remember back in the day, the Power Rangers they used to be casted. They were like, like late twenties, and they were playing like high school, like freshmen. Yeah. And I was like, wow, the nineties. I was like, this True. was the nineties. Growing but up, yeah. though, you honestly think though, like that's what high schoolers look like. Like, yeah, you, you're yeah. like, that's what a high schooler looks like. So Gar- Garfield is the most outrageous of the Spider-Man. Like Tom Holland, like kind of looks like he's sixteen. Yeah, like he has very baby face, and and you know, like McGuire, he played an older version of Spider Man. Like Andrew Garfield, they're like his whole physique is like, yeah, this guy's sophomore. I was like, didn't buy it. That doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't really buy that he was that age, but whatever. He still had the charm, you know. Um, 
but yeah, those are the shorts I'm working on. And I'm actually working on my third one right now. Uh, I should be working on it, but I'm doing this podcast, but you know, whatever I, I, I need, a, I need a little break. Um, but that the podcast uh, is something I wanted to come back and do because it's been a while. Uh, but the third short, and this is the first time I'm actually like pitching it, you know, uh, I think to anyone outside of the class. So I think I think you'll like this though. So I was watching a documentary for Back to the Future uh, and how Back to the Future is made when Bob Gale was looking through uh, his father's old uh, belongings uh, from high school. And um, he thought to himself like, oh, I wonder what my dad was like in high school. So this short film is a cross between um, Big with Tom Hanks, Old School with Will Ferrell, and Back to the Future. Uh, so the, what is uh, the main purpose of this is that it follows a protagonist, uh, someone who comes to high school, or not high school, uh, a university with a lot of... Uh, struggle you know like he's he's feeling the weight of pressure on him uh from his dad going to this university and he gets in a fight with him and he basically wishes on his birthday when he moves in like i wish i knew what my dad was like at 20 and then the next day he wakes up to his roommate moving in and it's his dad at 20 years old uh so it's kind of this college like house party movie uh, where he's partying with his dad. His dad doesn't know that that's his uh, his son. You know, it's just, it's literally him from the 80s or 90s plopped into 2021. And uh, this kid finds a newfound, like, love and respect and appreciation for his dad uh, throughout their little uh, week together, so. That's a really cool idea. I like to think about it a lot more. It's like, I actually really, really enjoy that idea. <laughs> it's, it's a great idea. <laughs> it's, it's the inverse of Back to the Future. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it actually kind of reminds me of, is it Hot Tub Time Machine? Uh, oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the other movies I thought of. Yeah. But, I, but I also was like, I, I don't know how many people nowadays would recall Hot Tub Time Machine. But Hot Tub Time Machine is still about going back to yeah. the past. So yeah. that's why I thought, let, you know, like, let's kind of borrow from those. I'm not really borrowing from hot tub time machine because i feel like hot I, tub I, time machine was way more raunchy with the comedy though it was like really kind of almost outlandish mm-hmm. so yours seems more like centered and more uh more on the like emotion yeah. yeah and hot tub time machine was like a straight comedy yeah hot with, tub time with, machine definitely. with like yeah they had moments to make you feel like the plot but it wasn't really like i remember hot tub time machine for that yeah it didn't have substance it was just like cool comedy you know taking place in the i do love hot tub time machine though yeah it's fun though i i like yeah. I, I would say i definitely agree it does inspire this but i'm definitely trying to ground it in the you know father-son aspect it's another silent film all these films have been silent um but it has to be silent and can have narration but is that uh, the prompt yeah like the... that that is the prompt it's like four to five minutes long uh so i'm still working on that right now if anyone from LMU is listening and is interested, uh, I'd be more than happy to have you in this uh, because we need a father and a son that we can cast for this. Uh, I know a lot of actresses, as you can see, because really like similar looks, though. So you kind of tell like, why, why would you seem like that's their dad? Exactly. Like that. Yeah, that's the struggle. Is that now it's like great. We got to find two people that kind of look alike. You know, uh, that look alike. Yeah, but I think we can do that. But yeah, so. Uh, without further ado, I think we'll, let's get into this because I know we don't have much longer with you since you're going to head out soon. But uh, we do have some really cool things that we're going to get into, which are the Spider-Man Far. Or I almost said I almost said Far From Home. That's that was uh, that also kind of leads me yeah. into why I don't like these titles because too similar sounding. Um, you don't like the the not alliteration, kind of like the trend, the common word. I guess I don't mind it, but it's more so that if if it doesn't serve the story very well, you know, then why do it? But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's going to be a little bit more to it. I just feel like Far From Home and No Way Home sound way too similar. But anyways, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer came out this week. Uh, we didn't do a reaction to it just because we were busy. 
I, I watched it like right on the dot. Like I, yeah. I, I clicked it. Uh, you were working though. But what, what did you think of the trailer, Matt? Um, see, you, like you said, mentioned, I was at work when I saw it. Uh, my friends were actually at my workplace, uh, like at like a coffee shop. So they're at the bar and I was like, oh, the Spider-Man trailer dropped. I was like, sick, don't spoil me. And they're like, right away, they're like, guys, they show all the villains, like almost all the Sinister Six. And I'm like, literally don't spoil me. So I was already like, oh, but now I know. So I was like, going, I see like everything. And it's, it's really cool, you know what I mean? But I think like the, the beauty of these uh, trailers is on first we like watch you like kind of like you see stuff, you see all, all the big things happening. You see like Lizard, you see Sandman, you see Electro, you see Doc Ock, and then you see like some key lines of the film. They're like, oh, this is a Peter, or that's not you, Peter, something like that, right? And you're like, wow, that's that's big. Uh, but then afterwards on social media, you get the Instagram posts of the Easter eggs, the zoom ins, like that one you sent me with the the lizards getting punched, but it's like. Who are they editing out? Like, who, who could this be? And it's like, you don't notice that when you watch it for the first time. It's like, you could, I guess, but it's like almost impossible to see it. But it's like later on when you see other people doing the work for you, you get to reap the rewards. It's true. That is, no, that is very true. Did you see the leaks that came out like a couple of weeks ago? No, because I intentionally, I saw the leaks drop and like, I saw all the news with five years. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm, I'm going to delay everything because you just leaked it and all that stuff. And then uh but I'm trying to, I like trailers, I'm fine with Easter eggs, sure, because these are all still like theories, like at the end of the day, or uh, even like the ones like, like the big ones, like, oh, we, we think that, or we kind of pretty much almost know that Garfield and McGuire are going to be in it, yeah. but there's still a chance where it's like, it's still kind of a mystery, it's not like, I don't want the 100% is confirmed, I don't want oh, this this yeah. like yeah. I want to be like 95, 90%, 85, like I still want the to be a chance of doubt when I when I go to theater that way when it does happen I still have the satisfaction of like okay cool rather than having like oh yeah it's confirmed like I, I saw like a, a set picture or something no for sure I, I I'm one of those people who will check out the leaks because I, I guess because since I work in movie making you know I I'm not really ruined by it because I know it's already an illusion uh so so for me it's more so like yeah, even though I get some inside scoop, it doesn't doesn't take me out of the final product. Uh, so I have seen them. I won't tell you what's in them or anything, but I will say that uh, they they were cool um, and they were fun to look at. But the whole story with that was bizarre because of the whole John Campia thing. Uh, yeah, you know who he is and like how what occurred how with those leaks. Um, pretty much, you know, like he put his his watermark on it without knowing they were real. Yeah. I was, I was like, Oh my Lord. Uh, I can't weird, believe- I've, I've been following John Campion for a while because I, I used to watch back with you on like uh, the Schmo show with uh, like Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis. And I followed Christian Harloff pretty heavy. I watched his like trivia thing. And then, um, yeah, so I heard John Campion like broke the leak. I was like, John Campion did. I was like, that's kind of major for John Campion. I was like, I think it'd be like, I don't know, like, CBS or something like a big news source or something. But yeah, it was uh, like collider. Yeah, like, John Campion did not expect that, but good on him, I guess. We have more exposure for him. It's true. Yeah, he. I know he said he feels really bad about it, so I feel bad but, for him because he didn't want to ruin the movie. He thought they were like photoshops, and he was just sharing, yeah. like cool Photoshop work. I don't necessarily agree though that you would put your watermark on it, even if they weren't your photoshopped photos you know i think he knew what he was doing and he saw the backlash of it yeah i'm thinking that's what he expected it to be like mm-hmm. i kind of turned the way it did and then yeah. he was like oh boy i got like <laughs> you know damage control so yeah yeah but yeah so but he basically confirmed that a, a a sony executive or sony representative got in touch with him and was like hey um okay we're not angry at you but can you tell us who gave you those photos, which essentially kind of confirms that they were real. Uh, like, yeah, you can't you can review your sources. You yeah, <laughs> but, but just the fact that he told people that, yeah, yeah, Sony got in touch with me and asked me who they were. He didn't reveal who they were, but you, you get what I mean. The fact that he yeah. legitimately went out of his way and, and was like, yeah, so I got so someone with the, the the studio that begins with S got in touch with me. I'm like, well, we know they're real now, yeah. uh, unless he's trying to throw us off still. I don't know, uh, or try to throw people off who got it ruined, unfortunately. But yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I 
I firmly believe that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are just in it regardless. I don't know. Did you see the 8K video that got released a couple months ago of uh, Andrew Garfield? Yeah, I don't know. Is it real? <laughs> People uh, like Corridor Crew like was breaking down like how it's it's got to be real. Um, like stuff like that beyond these leaks, which I'm yeah. not just not telling you what's in them. I was straight up like, that's got to be real uh because the the scaffolding and the way he looks you know like all, all the set even though it's blue screen those bars look like the statue of liberty thing you know um like i was like that's got to be real they they've been denying it but i was like there's no way he was caught in 8k <laughs> i was like how they you know like deep fakes don't look that good um but you know i figured since you saw that that was the one i would touch upon but um I feel bad for Andrew Garfield, like insanely bad for him. He's getting wrecked. I feel like like Toby's like he's like uh like tongue in cheek. Like I thought like he kind of knows. Like he kind of knows everyone knows. So he just be like like saying stuff like ah. You know yeah. I mean? But like Garfield has been like from the beginning been like I swear I'm not in it. Like like on everything I'm not in this movie, guys. Like stop it. Like I'll put it on my like on my mama. But then like, <laughs> but like people are really hounding him. So it's I true. Like, yeah. I, I do think it's unfortunate though, because he is in other movies. Like he is like an Oscar worthy. I I don't know if he won Hacksaw Ridge or not. Um, but he was great in that. And he's a great actor and he's trying to promote his new movie, Tick Tick Boom, and he just keeps getting hounded about Spider-Man, you know. Like it's it's unfortunate, but you know, I I do appreciate Toby too. Toby was in some uh, Oscar movies. He got a best supporting actor. Did but- he? Yeah, yeah, it was for, uh, what was it for? I swear, I need to look it up later, but uh, as we go, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the difference is Andrew's still like trying to release movies that are uh, going out. I, I feel like Tobey Maguire hasn't starred in a big project in a while, so I guess mm-hmm. that's the big difference, but it's true. Did you see uh, the Twitter photos uh, that people met Tobey Maguire at a restaurant and then they also had released photos that Zendaya and Tom Holland were there? Oh, at the same restaurant? Yeah, the same oh, day. Uh, they basically were eating together. It was just like two days before the trailer dropped. So I, I, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, they're, they're not doing a very good job hiding this, it. The hype for the Spider-Man is really, really massive. And I get that it's the third Spider-Man. And like, there's like, I feel like definitely for Far From Home, it was no one near this big. And then uh, I wonder if it's like uh, like a kind of like encompassing of like we're entering this new era of the marvel universe and then because of it we've had these movies where like they're, they're fun like black widow was fun and shang chi was fun and everything like that but like this movie like feels the most connected to the actual entire universe because shang chi in itself was like kind of isolated and mm-hmm. you had like Wong in there and stuff and eternals itself was almost didn't even feel like a marvel movie and black widow was a, a side story to a plot that happened before like infinity war and everything so it felt disconnected from like the, the continuity. Mm-hmm. So this phone feels like the first major event back. And I feel like the hype for it is actually nuts. It feels oh, like it, 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 I, I'm going to be honest with you. Stuff. I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. This, I think this could be just as big as Infinity War. I think this, this has the opportunity to be the biggest Spider-Man movie. Um, I think it's going to be the biggest Spider-Man movie by a long shot. I'll just going to be close. Yeah. They, it is projected to beat out Spider-Man 3, which is the highest grossing Spider-Man movie for an opening weekend. Um, but I get with the pandemic, like we may not ever reach like, oh, highest grossing movie of all time. But you oh, know, like, uh, like Avengers Endgame numbers. I'll just get to Endgame. Yeah. But. yeah, but I do think it would reach like some kind of top grossing top 10 uh, for sure. Like it, it has to. And it's kind of weird that Spider-Man is so popular that... Um, but but it hasn't made that much money before. It, it it the closest I think to being like the highest grossing Spider-Man movie ever is um, Far From Home. I think that was the first one to reach over uh, a billion. Uh, um, so that was that's cool, you know. Um, but yeah, well, I, I I Spider-Man's my favorite character, so uh, so I have a soft spot. So yeah. Are you more excited heading into Far From Home? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, like, way, way, uh, way Back Home? Or, uh, or No Way Home. 
Yeah, no way home. <laughs> See, it's not a good title. You don't remember it, Matt. Is uh the newest Spider-Man movie? Are you as excited as the newest Spider-Man movie rather than let's say Infinity War? I know because Endgame is different because we had Infinity War, so I feel like that's not fair. But maybe heading into Infinity War, you're as excited for. It. I think it's about the same because it's hard for me to say because when I was younger, you know, I, I think my excitement for Marvel movies has changed a lot. And that isn't to say that I don't like Marvel or anything, but I do. You see a lot of stuff going on now. So yeah. I think there's a lot to say in terms of how I view superhero movies taking over mainstream, you know, and a lot of other movies not doing so well. Um, so there's a lot where it's like Infinity War, Endgame, they actually are within like my top three of the MCU. Um, and I think Endgame is one of my favorite MCU movies ever, but it's one of those things where it's just, I, I personally, I, I guess I've grown up because when, you know, when Infinity War came out, I was a sophomore uh, in high school. Now I'm a sophomore in, uh, in, in college so a lot has changed i've matured so like i'm excited for this movie but in general the level of how i get excited has changed you know um give it give it another month and when i'm in that week that that movie's coming out and ask me again and i will probably it'll probably be like the force awakens or infinity war where i you could ask my dad and I nearly fainted before we walked into the theater. So, uh, so it's just hard to say now because it's a month away still. Um, it's not exactly, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be next week or something. Uh, I have to lower my expectations as well because I know if I go in with Infinity War expectations, I'll be like, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were only in that thing for 20 minutes. Like, what the hell? Like, I, I have to realize like no one's ever said they're in the movie. This is me saying this. So I have to lower the bar quite a bit. Kind of like uh, the end of a WandaVision mm -hmm. with the, uh, yeah. Quick, Everything going quick, on, quick all the theories, yeah, Quicksilver, Mephisto, all this stuff going on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, that's a great example of like how I view these projects is that like, well, if I set up expectations that it's the greatest movie ever, I'm never going to come out liking the project, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, that is essentially, yeah, that, that's basically how I feel about that. But you were talking about Shang-Chi and Eternals and how they were different. I want to start with Shang-Chi and we'll lead into a quick little review of that movie. How did you feel about Shang-Chi? I liked it. Uh, I thought it was a very enjoyable time. I thought it was a, as a, Saw it as a, I saw it as a movie, as an origin story in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, in its current climate, it could probably be. Um, you know, as an origin story, it's very disconnected from most of the universe, as most origin stories are. Uh, considering that you're setting up, you want to set up a character to be able to stand on its own two feet. I mean, if you want to set up a character and have it grow, but like it has to be like likened with like an, a Captain America or an Iron Man or, or whoever you want to like Spider-Man, right? If you want to crutch it with that character, it's never going to be its own character. So I get why they Shang-Chi was able to like, or had there was no major play with it in the rest of the universe. And then like a lot of these ordinance stories we're seeing now, uh, they'll have like their own whole separate movie and the post credit, they'll bring in like the Captain Marvel, the Hulk or whoever. Mm -hmm. uh, as a story itself, um, I thought uh, Simi Liu did a really good job as Shang-Chi. Uh, I thought Aquafina did, did a pretty solid job as Katie. Although whether or not I like her character is still up for debate, <laughs> I guess. I'm not totally in love with the character, but I see the appeal of it. Uh, I thought Tony Luong as the main villain, as the main villain, crushed it. That's the name okay, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought he was great. Uh, yeah, he, he was awesome. And then uh, my favorite part of the entire movie is uh, the fight sequences. It brings in reminiscence of uh, old kung fu Chinese movies that me and my mom used to watch back uh, when I was a kid. We watched a ton of them. It was uh, Chinese with Vietnamese dub. We watch it. Uh, and the, the flying through the air, the very corny, uh, cheesy, like, bah, 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 kind of thing. Uh, that was a joke for me. I brought my parents to watch that movie for, like, the first time. They haven't watched the movie in a theater in, like, well, because of COVID, like, a year and a half. But even longer than that, they always fall asleep. They don't like watching movies in theaters. But they genuinely were 
watching Shang-Chi all the way. They even watched the movie through. My brother fell asleep because it was like 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. But they stayed awake and I was so surprised. And I was like, you guys actually like that movie? They're like, yeah, like this is our, our style. This is like, mm-hmm. so I thought that was really cool. But I know there's like general flaws with the, with the film that we get to a bit. No, for sure. I, I kind of feel the same way about you. I watched it with some some people uh, from LMU and I, I was I was greatly they they they, they trashed it. Uh, they they quite hated it. And I, I didn't hate it. I just I walked out of it very much so underwhelmed. And that, that isn't to say that I held expectations like I do for like all Marvel movies. Uh, you know, like I didn't hold it to like endgame level or anything. Yeah. But I, I think I held hopes. The best way I could describe what my dad said is that I, I guess we, I, I love Black Panther and I expected something to be similar to that. In, but, you know, similar in, in like how the character stuff is, you know. Um, but it wasn't that. It was something completely different, which was great. I just didn't go in with those expectations. Um, I still lo- I think it's a really great movie. I think it's one of the better uh, like origin story movies. Um, what I don't necessarily think I like is the third, somewhere in between like the second and third act, there's like a 20 minute slump in this movie yes. where I personally feel like, and, and I've spoken with all my professors at school about this. I was like, I don't know what it is. There's something about this. And this is one of the few times where I've questioned, you know, like, sequences in like marvel movies and they typically flow well and they were like a lot of sense of the character gets lost when they get to Talo, i believe is the name of the place uh and i i liked it when it was a personal story between um the daughter the son the dad uh wen Wu, and even when aquavino was there like I, I like that it's it's when we get with trevor slattery and go into the ancient thing you know place and then we have to like have dragons and all this incredible cgi that's where the movie loses me uh because i liked it when it was really grounded and small um and and i mean don't get me wrong well even before that sequence it was big but it it was smaller you know they it it just i think it became a bit too much i felt like i was watching shang chi one and shang chi two uh so uh in terms of like how the the story flowed but as a whole solid movie um and i i think we can kind of agree on on that i'm wondering where we're gonna get now is eternals um how did you feel about eternals matt you know what i am a, i know this is a popular opinion uh but i actually very much enjoyed it. uh I, th- I thought it was pretty good i thought um it's definitely like the, the biggest knock I've heard about it, at least from an audience point of view rather than critics, is the movie or like when you just watch the review of Eternals, right? You're gonna expect to hear these main words, right? It's beautifully shot. It's it's a uh, it's very well done. It's very clean. Uh, it looks nice. It's very pretty to look at. But um, it's dull. Uh, people I've heard that word a lot. It's dull. It's long. It drags on. Uh, the talking pieces are very like like in the middle. You really get lost in all the words. The, it's all about morality, about ethics, about are we really a person? It feels like all these characters are kind of running around in circles around the same issue. And it's like, it, it definitely drags on. Um, but I like the, 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 the everything of talking, like the deeper talks, deeper thoughts about the entire movie. Uh, questioning like what makes a person a person, questioning like whether a purpose is like needed in a person. What is your purpose in life? Is your purpose what you give it or what you're like, what the higher being gives you? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it brings like themes of religion to mind, like when people are super devoted to religion, like Christianity, Catholicism, Buddhism, whatever it may be. Like, are they blinded by what, what, what they're thinking? Are they like free thought? So it really made me think about that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's why I kind of enjoyed it. I thought the uh, the actual like set pieces and action sequences were pretty cool. Uh, but I'm not saying like I said I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I still don't think it's ever. I want to rate it higher than a seven. Uh, just because I think they try to introduce too many characters and with them talking about so much, they didn't have enough time to develop said characters. Every single character felt really vanilla and bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they felt one note. I guess the character with the most like uh, depth is honestly probably like Druid uh, mm-hmm. because of his whole questioning himself, like whether he can help humanity, whether he doesn't help humanity. 
Yeah. But like, even then, like he stormed off to go help humanity and he didn't do shit. So it's like, what did you do? And then like, why'd you leave? It's like, he that is, to go that help people what... and then he just didn't do anything. He has a small village of like 20 people and that's it. And, and then like, he just forced them into fighting his battles for him. Yeah. And I'm um, like, yeah. Okay. Then you really lose what kind of like, so it's like, oh, this human, this character feels very human. Like he cares for the people. But then after that, I'm like, this guy's just a dickhead. <laughs> this guy's just an ass. But anyways, yeah. So and you get kind of like that. Yeah. And even he said at one point in the movie, like, there's a reason why I didn't end wars and all these things because yeah. they lose their humanity. And he's the one mind controlling them all. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this is not the reason why you wanted to like go leave off of the whole group and shit. And you're the one that started the big ass fight. Yeah. So I'm like, I agree with you on many levels, except I think I rate it more like a six than out of uh, than a seven. Uh, I'm like a, I think I'm like six point seven. That's what I would like. I'll think when I uh, mm-hmm. give it a great I think for me, I I liked what we started off with. The minute that I was like, "Ooh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna like a lot of things in this." Is when they, when you meet Selma Hayek, and she's dead. <laughs> because yeah. uh i was just like ah i see now uh and i'm not like i don't hate selma hayek as like an, an actor like she's a good person like she seems really cool but i've never been like super big about her movies so i was also like you like grown-ups uh i don't think grown-ups. i actually forgot she's in grown-ups to be honest with you she's uh, uh one of like 50 adam sandler hot wife that, oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, I love Grown Ups. I just do not remember Selma Hayek in that movie, though. It's pretty forgettable, honestly. Like when you really think about it. When I think about Grown Ups, I'm thinking about Spade. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about Sandler. Even Chris Kevin Tucker. James. Chris Tucker. Chris Rock. And, uh, Chris Rock. One of them. Yeah. No, Chris. I'm thinking. Of, yeah, I'm thinking of Chris Rock. I'm thinking of yeah. Rob Schneider even though he's not like oh, yeah. my favorite, like those guys are what I think of when I think of grownups. I don't really think of any of the the wives or anything. Um, she's probably fine in it. I'd have to rewatch it. It's been a couple of years since I've seen grownups, but oh, she plays like the straight man. in there, I guess so. she's not really convenient. So that's probably why. true. That might, that might be why I'm like, I don't know. She probably does a good job for the role. She's just not one of my favorite actresses. Uh, but in, but she's, uh, you know, I was like, I wonder what she'll bring to this. And, and then just to show up with a dead character, I'm like, well, I how can I love these characters if you're killing them off to begin with? It feels very um, the best way I could describe how I feel like Marvel fandom feels about Eternals. It's not as overwhelming as it, but it reminds me of the Last Jedi a little bit, and uh, how like there's this divide in like people getting really upset, you know, about like other representation in it. Even though none of the representation I feel like is any of the problem, I just feel like sequences go on for far too long the movie is really a it takes place over a large period of time of earth but oh they messed that up yeah. having like the chronology like every single flashback yeah it would have been way cool to see flashbacks kind of related to what we've seen before mm-hmm. like, imagine how cool it would have been to like get a flashback to um like we talked about like, way back when so like uh like just more recently like, it'd be cool to see because everything flashback was like for, like beyond or something but it'd be cool like we saw like the 1942 flashback for the atomic bomb Mm-hmm. It'd been awesome if we got like a flashback to, uh, let's say like New York when Loki first invaded. We got like a discussion where they're like, "Oh, we can't interfere." Like blah blah blah. blah. So that would like, cool. pro. Like yeah. it's like you don't got you don't need them. Just have it like in the back and like we can't interfere. Well, just a small stuff like that makes you feel more part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Would have made a lot more people like the film. I think they really messed up the whole kind of trying to revisit the the past of history. Yeah, and they kind of lost it. That, that that's also how I feel. I think one of the things that I'm really disappointed with is. Uh, yeah, their use of time, you know, like switching back and forth. And that is one thing I did actually learn in screenwriting is that uh, most of the time you don't need flashbacks. And it feels like a lot of the flashbacks in this movie are unnecessary uh, because we get a lot of the love, their love for humanity in the actual present. Um, And they could cut out some things. Sometimes they repeat flashbacks. uh, But I did like... The Celestials, I did like the oh, cosmic. Oh, Celestials look so cool. Yeah. So cool. They looked cool. I think it's one of those things where, this is kind of where I understand why people don't like certain DC movies, and this felt like a lot a lot like. With the grayscale. Yeah. 
I don't even think the grayscale, none of that bothered me. It was just more so the pacing and like Superman is one of those characters that people have heavily criticized, like with Man of Steel, even though I like Man of Steel. This is probably like what a lot of people say when they say they don't like Man of Steel. A lot of godlike characters going like, oh, I wish I was human, you know, like it. It's very uh, it, it's very I, I was saying exactly what yeah. everyone else said. It's dull. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know what more to say. It's because they're battling the same kind of theme for the entire movie. The, the theme doesn't change. There's no multiple themes. It's really like the question of morality. That's, that's what the, the, the film is made out to tackle. Like what makes a person a person is basically yeah. what they're answering. Uh, and then like, I guess uh, to give it more depth, every single Eternals has their own definition of what makes a person a person, but we don't really get to explore that. We see two sides. We mm-hmm. see like Cersei's side and a little bit of like uh, Thessus's, and then we see Icarus's and like kind of like Icarus's lives for his purpose that he's given. And then while Cersei has the love for humanity and then like that love is kind of what gives them like what they believe, like their own humanity. So it's like, that's what makes them a person while Icarus believes his purpose what makes them a person. But like they drag it out way too long. And it's like, to get into your point about how, like, how can we fall in love with these characters when we get so little time with them? The, the scene with Icarus and uh, Ajax does not hit nearly as hard as it probably should have when he throws her to the wolves. Yeah. Like, not literally the wolves, but like to the, the deviants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, that sucks. Then move on to the next <laughs> scene. I'm not like, holy crap, Icarus just threw Ajax to the wolves. Yeah. Because like, we oh, didn't know her. We didn't yeah. know her. <laughs> just, there's no connection there. And then, uh, I've seen a lot of comps or parallels or people comparing it to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with two very outer screens that kind of family units with very, like, the audience has no connection to them uh, with stories about family at the end of the day, right? Uh, but I think Guardians is very lighter tone, very uh, more family-oriented, and honestly, it's a better film. Yeah. Eternals, darker tone, more serious subject matter, uh, and not as funny. The really only thing that those two have in, in common with theme is unknown unknown comic book characters and they have that a uh, family element but with guardians it's about the loss of the family you had before and this is in the moment you focus on this is the new family you know like this is peter quill's new family you know like he comes to love all these other uh people you know he finds that his dad was really yondu you know like there's there's like all these other um elements to those guardians films you know and like appreciate what you have now whereas for eternals is all about this is a family and telling you it's a family but you you aren't really given anything that makes you believe that they're a family yeah you're right that's actually like super true like guardians they don't they're not like oh we are like they didn't go like kind of like we are a family but like do their actions you see it nothing yeah. in eternals made me feel like yeah they care for each other a lot like they, they all just spent turns dicking each other just like constantly just like mm-hmm. like whether it's uh what's her name sprite right. like yeah. literally stabbing cersei in the back and then cersei just being okay with it afterwards because you yep. know like young love or whatever but uh, yeah like or icarus like beating all of them up or vestus not even wanting to help them when they're like it can push the shove or druid being a complete asshole like none of that matters apparently but we're supposed to just like expect like family have problems or issues yeah and kingo just kind of being like yeah i'm gonna sit this one out like uh so 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 yeah i i thought i think it's funny i think we thought we were gonna disagree on this movie but we we share a lot of the same like yeah criticisms with it as a whole i love that it is i love it is ambitious as much as it did end up being dull it tried a lot of new things so i I can appreciate it for what it tries. Because if I go into every Marvel mo- movie being like, it's an easy 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's like, cool. Uh, so so I appreciate what it is. I just, I, I, I just feel like in many ways I had issues like with Sprite. I would say Sprite was one of my biggest issues um, just because I, I personally yeah. felt like- oh, I hate Sprite. I, I feel like a lot of people made a great point that it's like, that's fine that she has that, longing for humanity but the fact that also there's this icarus love story that i never felt like yeah i never felt like there was anything that made me care care that there was connection between those characters yeah so it's kind of like a brat <laughs> and yeah that and on top of that icarus doesn't give a shit about her for yeah. most of it so how so i can't even feel 
I, I, I don't, I feel like she's following something that, uh, that she's never going to truly feel love back for, you know? And you kind of sit there like, why? Like, there's nothing in the story that tells you, like, why Sprite loves Icarus so much. It's yeah. just that she does. They just tell you that she does. And because like, he's hot. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Richard Madden, bro. Like, yeah. He's he's really he's he's the Scot he's the Scottish uh he's the real Scotsman and he's the the only uh like straight male lead in that movie yeah. so therefore she must have a ha- have him as a, a a love triangle conflict uh so yeah. uh, but before we move on to I guess we don't talk about the post credits because like kind of like the big larger scale stuff before we want to answer much real quick uh, Gemma Chan uh, I did not because going to Eternals they didn't really preface. What, who are the main characters? Like, who are the main players that they're going to talk? I was like, is it Angelina Jolie? Because, you know, she's Angelina Jolie. She kind of killed her in her role. Uh, uh, but then um, I did not expect Gemma Chan to be pretty much the main character for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy about that. I was a big fan of Gemma Chan ever since Crazy Rich Asians, but she played Ashton against Nino. She did really well in that movie. And then uh, my cousin, who was just born a few months ago, is actually named after Gemma Chan. She's Gemma oh, Garcia. Really? So, I thought it was really cool, kind of a connection right there. Not like really named after Gemma Chan, but like inspired, like saw Gemma Chan, thought that was a cool name. It was like, yeah. Gemma. So no, that, that's awesome. I, I actually, well, you're going to hate me, Matt. I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, oh, honestly, it's eh. <laughs> As an Asian, I would tell you, it's overhyped by the community because it's representation and all that stuff, but it's a pretty generic love story and uh, it has a cool ending song. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, but uh, I didn't know her. The only thing I knew her from actually was she was in Captain Marvel. She was, oh, yeah, she was one of the blue aliens. She didn't have much to do. So I thought it was cool that the main character ended up being somebody who I didn't expect it to be. Uh, I will say I did appreciate that because I was more so I was expecting Selma Hayek to be the main oh, character. Ajax, yeah. yeah. I was but, the Angela Jolie with her character as uh, Dina. But... Oh, yeah. And to go on that, she's just kind of crazy. I feel like you could cut out her subplot a lot and it wouldn't really. Yeah. Happen. But Gilgamesh is cool. Gilgamesh is my favorite character. So I was like, oh, Gilgamesh yeah. Gil- Gilgamesh and her are great characters. I just yeah. feel like in a movie that's kind trying- of unnecessary. Yeah. Th- there's a lot the movie's trying to accomplish. And it's like, they're not really necessary or you need to include them more. Um, so, so yeah. But well, we, we're going to have to wrap things up. Uh, but I, I, uh, let's go to the post-credit scenes. I think we should t- also talk about the post-credit scenes for Shang-Chi and uh, yeah. this, since we didn't really talk about Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and its post-credits. Um, what did you yeah, think of... Shang-Chi first? Yeah, what did you think of that one? Uh, so the first one with the... Uh, I think... Wait, was this one? Okay, the first one was the one with, uh, with actually Shang-Chi, right? Yeah. So that one, I think it's... Uh, it's, it's like expected. We know he's going to get brought into the Avengers. This kind of just confirms it for people who are wondering, like, Oh, is Shang-Chi going to be in the Avengers? Like, for like kind of more fans, I'm going to put two and two together. And it's like, okay, yeah, this confirms it. And then uh, the second one, I think just sets up any kind of potential like Disney Plus series I want to do. Or eventually, I feel like she's just going to come back as like a, uh, like in like Shang-Chi 2 or something. Or like, she should come in to like save his ass. And he's gonna be like, how'd you get this army? And she's like, oh, I took it from dad. And then we're yeah. like, what? And then maybe she comes like a pseudo villain for Shang-Chi 2 or Shang-Chi 3 if they have a third one. But that's kind of what they're setting up, I feel like. Or maybe Disney Plus series. Yeah, I think that she was one of the better characters, I think, in that movie. Uh, Like, she just has a more uh, tormented backstory. So I'm eager to see more of her and the Tenzin. She's more jaded than Shang-Chi. Which I kind of like. What'd you say? Well, I said, uh, which I like. Like, she's more jaded. It's not like a typical superhero who's very, like, positive and always, like, kind of Captain America always looks on the brightest side of things. Okay. She's definitely like jaded and adopted her dad's kind of like ambition for power. Mm-hmm. So. No, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and for the the one with Mark Ruffalo and uh, and Brie Larson, the the first post credits, I I felt like okay, this is probably some secret invasion thing. I don't know. Uh, it didn't really get me excited in terms of like whatever the beacon of the rings was, but I did love the uh, I, I did love the karaoke scene. I, I oh, love that was cool. I, I love doing karaoke with Wong. Uh, that's I'd say because of that, that is one of my favorite, like humorous post-credit scenes within the MCU. I would still rank it pretty high, even without the humor, just because it's it's just fun, you know. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was a it was a good 
good tease. Uh, I'll watch. I'll watch the sequel. Uh, Eternals. Don't know if I could say this uh, the same for. Uh, I'm kidding. I'll, I'll watch it. But um, the first Eternals post credit scene was with Patton Oswald as Pit the Troll. Or Pit I thought it was Seth Rogen, by the way. Was... Oh, you thought that was Seth Rogen? Yeah, initially I was like, that's Seth Rogen. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I feel bad for Patton Oswald. That was terrible CGI that they did for his character. Yeah, but I recognize as Pip the Troll. Well, oh, Pip the Troll. I don't even know who Pip the Troll is, but I was. I just saw a YouTube video on him. So like people, like five people that could be in the MCU, and mm-hmm. one of those Pip the Troll. So I'm like, oh, yeah. that's in my head now. That and the debut of Star Fox, played by Harry Styles. Uh, oh, which I got spoiled by. Yo, you got that ruined. Uh, yeah. So did so did I. I. I saw a TikTok. I was scrolling through TikTok, TikTok right? Yeah. Same as me. Yeah. Same yeah. as me. Yeah, I saw Straw Hat Goofy's TikTok, and I, I was just kind of like, like I was blanking out when he said spoilers. I was like, uh huh. And then I watched it. I went, oh shit, hang on. And I just That's Harry Styles, bro. That's I, I just knew he was gonna be in the movie. I didn't know who Star Fox was. Uh, so. Yeah, he's cool. I mean, I don't know what more to say. I, I feel like they released a poster recently of him, yeah. uh, mostly to get the Harry right. Styles fans and get those people there for that movie. Yeah, because he's big now, too, because he just had his concert just yesterday. So he's yeah. like a big trending topic on Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he he personally, he he might be good. It, it's one post credit scene, so I can never, you know, like tell, like, Oh my god, you know, like he's got he's Star Fox. What? Like it, it's yeah. it's it's a B-level character, but it is but he has that one line that people are like super like more more casual fans, they just hear like brother of Thanos and they just go crazy. They're like, How's he the brother of Thanos? Why is he not purple? And I was like, mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't really work like that because like Thanos' dad's like a celestial, so it's like mm-hmm. there's there's things that they don't come out like the way they're supposed to exactly. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I was eager to see. I just think it's funny because Josh Brolin and and Harry Styles don't look alike, you know, yeah. like like they they don't look like brothers. But so it doesn't bother me that one's not purple and one's not. But um, I'm eager to see what he does. Uh, I think he's, I think he's a cool. Um, like, I, I never hated One Direction. I just think I hated hearing kids scream about One Direction. You know, yeah. when I was young because you know there were little girls that would like obsess over it but i get why people like harry styles because i think he's a genuinely good artist um and uh, he he you know uh, it's just you get what i'm trying to say like there's just yeah. a lot there's a lot to him to i think appreciate because you know it's more than just like teen heartthrob like he makes genuinely you know like music for everybody it reminds me of the phase that uh robert pants is currently going through yeah that's basically I could describe I could describe him like you got um this era of him with the like kind of like uh teen girl lover kind of like like crushing all that kind of scene that was his demographic. Now he's moved to more kind of the same audience, but just all grown up. So Pretty like, much, yeah. yeah. So it's not as like crazy fandom, like mm-hmm. yeah, but similar like vibe. But then um yeah, but a little bit cooler and collective. That's the only thing I've ever seen him act in before it's Dunkirk. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how he is as an actual actor. Yeah. Be cool. That'll yeah. be cool. And, and then for the final post credit scene, we had Kit Harrington, uh, who's going to pick up the sword and he was going to become the Black Knight. I don't know a lot about that character, but do you know whose voice that was? I did hear. Thanks to, again, TikTok. <laughs> but it was Blade. At first I was like, is that Nick Fury? So I was off on these voiceovers, threw me all off. Because uh, I was like, that's that's Seth Rogen and that's Samuel L for sure. <laughs> um, I was off on both, and that was uh, Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited to see him. Um, I've heard the rumors of them building together, like more of like a Defenders, like Dark a Dark Avengers like team uh, with Moon Knight, the Black Knight, and uh, um, Blade, which is possible, but yeah. I'm very eager to see what they do. And and Blade is one of the earliest Marvel properties to get a movie. Yeah. I think it precedes Spider-Man. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, because Wesley Snipes came out. That was like the 90s. So yeah, I think so. Or early 2000. Like it must have beat it out by like a yeah. year. 
or something. The but first, the first play coach. Yeah, I'm wait. I want to look that up in just real quick. But yeah, I I do genuinely think it's a good um, movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I think I'm positive I've seen it. I've seen I think the first one. Is, I don't know about the other two, but ninety eight. Yeah, so it was it was early on, but um, I did see Wesley Snipes at Comic Con one year. I didn't see Blade. Yeah, crazy as people say he is. He was cool. He got a photo with my dad um, and I took the photo and he was nice. Um, but, you know, there are other stories. I love uh, in uh, uh, what we do in the shadows. He's he's on the vampire council. They're basically like, yeah, Wesley Snipes. No, Blade's actually a vampire. You know, like just like stupid stuff like yeah. that. So I thought that was cool. But uh, yeah, cool post credit scene to wrap things up. I was going to ask, what did you think of the Disney Plus Day shows that they announced? Uh, I am, so the, obviously the biggest one that they announced, the most like eye-catching one is the Spider-Man one. Of course, from here. Oh, really? And then, uh, I think so, right? Of the, all those shows they announced. Because Spider-Man's a big property, especially with all this like uh, No Way Home hype. It's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hype around Spider-Man right now. So it's obviously this like Strike by the Iron Hot release this uh, title. Yeah. And uh, the only thing is, with releasing an animated Spider-Man series, there's no way you're not getting comparisons like into the Spider-Verse and Sony's version of it. And mm-hmm. I think making it series just just I very doubt that all right, I, I doubt heavily that they can match into the Spider-Verse. The Spider-Verse is so good. Uh and it's, it's not realistic to imagine that the series could, at least animation-wise, the one everything could kind of like live up to it. And it's gonna get compared to it just because of both animated Spider-Man like uh films and series. And I think it's going to hurt it. And I think that sucks, but I think it's unavoidable. I think it'll be good if they, if they do a definitive style. I do like the idea because it, I, I don't know if you heard, but it, it is an origin story for the MCU's Peter Parker. Um, so I do like that. We're going to probably get uncle Ben. Uh, and we're going to see a lot of those things that we wish we saw for him. And I think it's a cool way to do that. If you don't want to do it in the movies. Um, I, I personally feel though that this needs to be better um i think it could be something like where it'll be better than ultimate spider-man but it'll be something along the lines of like spectacular spider-man um but yeah other than that i was very excited to see she hulk very excited for moon knight i'm very underwhelmed by miss marvel because i heard of the that they're changing her powers yeah because they don't want it to be like this fantastic yeah i don't know i just was like that's kind of dumb but okay i don't know i just it's one of those things where i was like eager to see how they did those powers on screen now they're not even going to do it so um which is weird because we have like four speedsters in mcu or whatever like three i think technically and it's like okay but we can't have two people that like stretch i guess <laughs> yeah i know that's i think that's dumb and they're gonna have to do it at some point with fantastic four but okay um but yeah i i do agree with you the spider-man show is one of my most like ooh, i'm really interested in what this can be i am looking forward to agatha house of harkness and Wait, really i'm actually not the hype for that I'm really like, uh well yeah i thought the whole agatha paul was like uh let's say how much can we really damage this story here i'm like i think it's a, whatever i'm not too crazy there's a lot of ground you could cover i think though yes with, with with like because it's like a witch thing it's like along the doctor strange thing so i feel like you don't have to explain her. You're you're just diving into the story. Um, but I feel like Catherine Hahn is a really enjoyable actress. If it weren't her, I would be like, eh. But because we loved her so much in that show, that that's why I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. Uh, I want more WandaVision, so I'll watch it. But I, I'm not expecting WandaVision. I'm just expecting, you know, the elements towards the end of it, um, which I think it'll deliver with. So, yeah. Um, any any other last final thoughts for you on any of those shows? Um, no, mine are mainly group with you. I, I'm like really, uh, Miss Marvel. I'm like because the game delayed. People see all this stuff about it. I'm just like, uh, so like, come, like, let's let's see the product. Mm-hmm. So I'm beating on the bush here. But then, uh, yeah. Um, then yes, Fire Man is also the, the show I'm like looking at the most. I told you my pictures of Agatha. I think it's, it's okay. Uh, the She-Hulk is interesting because I wonder how much the Hulk will actually play into it. I would assume heavily, but yeah. I heard that they might be in works for another movie. Yeah, uh, I heard rumors of a World War Hulk movie, so I'm eager to see what they do with that. Yeah, so I'm wondering if this like She-Hulk is going to set that up, or if She-Hulk is going to be its own entity with 
like Hulk playing kind of like a very secondary role in it. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember when they first pitched that issue, I was like, oh, okay, this is their version of, of their way of making a Hulk series without actually using the Hulk because they can't. Exactly. Uh, but now that Hulk might get its own movie, there's no reason to have that series anymore. True. Uh, so will they be more like let She-Hulk herself shine rather than be this like a very like half-half She-Hulk and Hulk mm-hmm. first series? So that's th- interesting to me. I think it'll be mostly, I think it's going to be like the Thor Ragnarok equivalent. It's more yeah. so... And it might even the best example I could get give is Thor Ragnarok and Hawkeye, which is that Hawkeye is Jeremy Renner's show, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Haley Steinfeld. Oh, yeah, keep it. Yeah, they want so, to pass on. Pass yeah. on. Whereas for this, I feel like is like more of a pass on kind of thing, but it's more so like Thor Ragnarok was essentially a uh, Planet Hulk. Yeah, bit so in there. It's so, almost like Hulk too. Yeah, so that's why I think this is essentially going to be. I think this is going to be like he's a very important side character and like the the one of the main things to it, but not much else. So yeah, I'm just wondering if it's going to be more like yeah, I guess Thor Ragnarok, where it still tells kind of Thor's movie because like Thor's character arc and everything, and it's in his city. Or will it be more like Captain America? I mean, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they're both like lay two set main characters. And you can I, choose who's who. I, I don't want it to be like that though, because I are you know how we didn't love yeah. the execution of those six episodes, but it's hard, it's hard to develop two simultaneous like mm-hmm. character arcs at the same time. I don't know if you heard season. though, but uh, sorry to cut you off. I just want to get this out there before you have to go. But I don't know if you heard, but She Hulk is gonna be 10 30 minute episodes. So more closer to WandaVision, I guess, than Mm-hmm. than falcon and winter soldier so that is, is better but look i guess smaller increments is better to build up to something in yeah. ver- versus um want you know like it, it, falcon and winter soldier i felt like like we could have cut out two episodes recut this into a movie yeah uh, so so yeah i don't know but yeah i i think that's it for today I know that you gotta get going to dinner, uh, so I'll I'll let you go. Hopefully, maybe we'll see if we can do something for Hawkeye, or you know, we'll see what we think oh, of the. I think that that's a great um, time, but I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving or had a great Thanksgiving. Not sure when this is coming out this week, um, but thanks for coming by, and it's been great seeing you, Matt. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and farewell. Yes.